the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get with it. It is a Thursday. We'll start it off with J.R. Davis, and uh, he will be with us for the hour. We'll talk politics with him. Gosh, J.R., I can't believe that we'll spend a whole hour talking politics. There's plenty to talk about today, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Let's start off with the uh, the GOP came out with their um, reform of police uh, basically their idea of what a bill should look like yesterday. But before that, Van Jones, who's not known as a conservative, had uh, this to say about President Trump's executive order on police reform and that the executive order is a good thing. I think there are two things here. One is the speech and one is the executive order. Uh, the executive order is a good thing, uh, and mainly because you saw the support of law enforcement there. That gives you a sense of where the bottom is, where the floor is for reform. And that floor is higher than it has been. Uh, there is movement in the direction of, of a database for bad cops. We've never had a da- federal database for bad cops. That's why these cops go all, all over the place doing bad stuff. Uh, the idea that you're going to have de-escalators now alongside cops. So you can talk people down and not shoot people down. The chokehold, that's common ground now between Pelosi and Trump. So you see good stuff there. All right. So Van Jones says there's some good stuff there. Pelosi said, uh-uh, there's no good stuff there. Schumer said, no, 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 no good stuff there. What's your take on all of it? Well, I mean, look, I think that... I'll be honest with you. I like Van Jones. I think Van Jones is a guy who I've been surprised with before that he kind of just, you know, uh, he's not a, uh, I don't know how you explain it. He, he's, he is certainly partisan, but he's not hyper-partisan in the sense that there's never a good idea coming from the other side. Uh-huh. Um, so I've always kind of liked that part about him, but I think he's right. I mean, I think there's some things that haven't been done before in the executive order that need to be done. Um, and I think it just burns up, you know, the Pelosi's and Schumer's of the world when you have someone like a Van Jones come out and say, look, this makes sense. This is a step in the right direction. I, I think people have to, if we're ever going to get to a point in our country again where we can all come to the table uh, and, and create real policy change for the, for the good of the rest of the country, we've got to be able to, you know, say, hey, that's not a bad idea regardless of which side it comes from. Right now, I think leadership in Washington's not there, but someone like Van Jones is. Yeah, at least he was 
able to say, one, because all those police officers were buying in on it, that shows that we've moved forward. That's something that people have to understand, uh, that that was a, uh, a photo op situation that said a lot because they're starting at a high, a much higher bar than they've ever started when they talk about problems with the police. Uh, the thing about chokeholds and saying chokeholds won't be used anymore except when the officer's life is in danger. Uh, a national database, which I, you know, I think is a good idea. I don't think that's a bad idea. If you're a bad cop, you shouldn't be. I think this should be for teachers too. Uh, that you shouldn't be able to go from one state or one part of the state to another part of the state or whatever, and uh, they're not be able to get some information on you about that you've been brought up by you know several times by your previous department for unethical treatment of uh, of people. I just think that that's 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 good stuff, and they took care of the defunding part of it uh, in the GOP by saying, "Hey, look, if you keep teaching chokeholds, you're not going to get federal funds." That's the way you make changes. No, I agree completely. Um, I, I, again, I think it's a step in the right direction. I agree with Van Jones. I mean, this is a this is sort of a, a flashpoint in history, Dave. I think you. Uh, may feel the same way, but but uh, something has to happen this time around. I mean, we can't be you can't keep playing the same song and same verse every single time something like this happens. Um, and, and I think that that's what we saw. There was there was so much uh, frustration built up, so much uh, passion uh, on the side of a lot of the peaceful protesters, and then of course you had the violent ones that just decided to do whatever they wanted to do for no apparent reason, but. Look, I don't know if you saw some of the uh, Rayshard Brooks uh, video uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and to me, you know, the George Floyd killing was uh, was awful. Uh, but then when you see this Rayshard Brooks uh, pieces of the video and some of the still photos of the police officer kicking him when he was already shot and dead on the ground, uh these are images that just have to stop. And so you've got to, you've got to applaud the good, the good police officers, the ones that uh, do everything right and take their job very seriously. And you have to weed out the ones uh, that are willing to put the entire force in jeopardy as far as from a reputational standpoint. Um, that, that That's where we need to be. And I think having something in the executive order that identifies these bad cops and then weeds them out um, is is what we absolutely need. And quite frankly, you know, uh, uh, the the officer uh, in the Rayshard Brooks case is facing a murder charge that you know uh, that's going to have some pretty heavy consequences if convicted. And so, well, he could um, face the death penalty. He could. He could. And I just think, look, I'm just tired of seeing it. Like, I, I, there's there's got to be something we can do. Uh, together on both sides as a culture to say, let's fix this, you know, once and for all. And it's never, and look, I know race relations and things like that are not just sort of an easy fix, but I do think, you know, instead of for years and years after every incident, just sort of sweeping it under the rug, that has to stop. We've got to do something. Um, and I think this was a good step. 
Uh, and I think it's going to take a lot of other people to continue those steps forward uh, until we reach a, a place where, you know, uh, it's a, it looks different than it does now. All right, let's take our first break when we come back with J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group. J.R., I want to talk about uh, Senator Dick Durbin. He said something uh, towards Senator Scott yesterday that some people could say, ah, he didn't mean what people are saying they're meaning, and I could say, yeah, he did. And we'll uh, talk about that when we come back. Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. We're looking at uh, about 63 degrees right now in Little Rock. You know, Jr. I had a uh, piece of audio from Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois talking about uh, Senator Tim Scott's uh, uh, police reform bill. He was the one yeah. who presented it for the GOP, where he called it, quote, a token half-hearted approach. Now, People can say that's a wrong choice of words, but if it were a Republican who had said that about a black senator, it sure wouldn't have been taken just as a a misspeak. It would have been, hey, you're calling him a, you know, a token black guy. Uh, for, For people who don't know, Senator Scott is the only black senator in the Republican Party in the Senate. And Durbin called him a token. That's wrong. That's just absolutely yep. wrong. You don't say, I mean, and that's, that's the issue is, you know, you got all this backtracking from a spokesperson and yada, 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 and saying that's not what he meant. You don't use the word token for, for very, uh, you use the word token for, for, I can only think of basically two things. You're either an arcade or we know what the other one was. And so that's, yep. I think that's exactly what, Dick Durbin meant. Uh, that's what was on his mind, at least, when he said it. Um, and you're exactly right. I think that, look, we've seen people's, like, careers end for less than that. Uh, and so um, I, I think it's, uh, uh, to me, that's just that sort of double standard that, that is very, very frustrating. Um, I think it was a mistake. Uh, I don't think that he necessarily uh, – uh, you know, I think he, I think he probably, I think Dick Durbin probably really does uh, uh, feel bad about it. But the fact of the matter is, to say that you meant anything other than than what I think he clearly meant uh, is disingenuous. Uh, so when when you call someone, when you when you mention something about uh, a, a token approach, uh, he literally meant that this is the Republicans. Uh, this is the Republic, Republican shot with their long black number. That's exactly what he meant. And uh, I just think that, you know, just own it. Well, own let, it, apologize for it and move forward. Yeah, get, let's get to what it really, really means. What Durbin is saying. And see, this is the way racism plays out in the North. I grew up in the North. I know how racism plays out. And it's, uh, it's not over. It's covert. And that's what Durbin's trying to do here. But in reality, what he was saying was that, hey, look, let's be honest here, Senator, uh, you know, Senator uh, Scott, you're the token uh, in-boy for the Republicans. And they put you up there just so they could say, see, 
this is a black guy, you know, who's who's saying this. I mean, that is what it means. I'm just telling you, I grew up with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do think that's exactly what he meant. He meant, I mean, it was very, very clear. I think I actually pulled up the article or one of the articles just to kind of uh, see exactly what he had said because I think that's important for context. But when you uh, when you're literally uh, you know saying something from the floor of the house, and the thing is, he's he's saying that he's praising Kamala Harris's and and Cory Booker's legislation over Tim Scott. So, of course, he can't say anything racist because he was talking about two other black members. Uh Uh, The problem is um, when, you know, you go down to the floor and you say, uh, you know, something about uh, this is the Republicans half-hearted approach or half-hearted token approach. uh, No one in that chamber I truly believe if you pulled every senator, every one of them knew it, what he meant by saying that. That's this right. The Republicans using their only black member as a front, uh, you know, front man for um, for this legislation. And that's what it was. That's what he said. You know what? He messed up. He, he needs to, that's the issue here. Just come out and say, look, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, it, it's what I meant. I shouldn't have said it. I have a ton of respect for, for uh, Senator Scott. Um, and then move on. But this whole idea to say that, you know, you want to stand up for cultural change in America, but you can't just admit what you said and apologize for it. Um, and that's kind of where we are um, today. It's just a lot. Of, and, and again, Dave, I think that's almost like a deeper deal. That That's, you know, with Durbin's comments, it just to me shows that so much of what's happening on Capitol Hill right now in our nation's capital is knee jerk reaction and lip service. Pretty ugly. Um, there has there has to be real change, and I think that change can honestly only come uh, from from working you know across the aisle in some cases. And I think this is one of those cases where there, you know you can find some some solid compromise uh, on both sides. And and I think that the the fear um, and the empty rhetoric uh, from uh, the Democrats in this case, uh, and for Schumer and Pelosi to say what 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 was part of the executive order, uh, there was nothing good in that. That's just that's not that's a lie. I mean, there is good there is good in there. It's just like me going outside and saying because I believe differently than you that you know the sky is purple, and you're saying well the sky is clearly not purple. Like well yes it is. I mean yeah. you got Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer just just do something for the country that would take us a long way to say hey you know what. There's some pretty good stuff in there, but we've got to do more. Instead of saying there's absolutely nothing in there. And I just think that kind of stuff is just what makes people so, on both sides, this just happens to be the Democrats this time, but this is what makes people so absolutely tired of politics in this country, is that, you know, no, the other side can never be right about anything, nada. And in this case, I think the executive order uh, was the right thing. And I think the Republican bill, uh, led by Tim Scott, uh, makes a lot of sense. If you just tuned in, it is J.R. Davis, my guest. He Every Thursday from the Gilmore Group, he joins me. We always talk politics. 64 degrees here in Little Rock on a, a Thursday, going up to 91. But it's always important to know what the feels-like temperature is going to be. The feel-like temperature is going to be 99 degrees. And that's what I like. It's my kind of day. I, I, I'll i do my work here. I'll get home 
sometime around noon, and then I'm going to uh, go lay out by the pool. Just let everybody know. I, I mean, well, you've noticed it, Heidi. I'm turning brown, aren't I? I'm getting brown, and that's what I. That's the color I like to be. Uh, with that said, okay, one more news item dealing with race here on the Dave Ellswick Show. No longer will you be able to buy Aunt Jemima pancake mix or syrup, nor will, are you going to be able to get Uncle Ben's rice. What do you think on that one? Uh, I mean, I think it's probably the right thing to do. I, it's actually kind of surprising to me that it's been like that for so long. I mean, I don't know the, um, you know, the, the background and everything on Aunt Jemima's or Uncle Ben's, uh, but I certainly think that every time you pass it in a grocery store, there's probably some sort of, uh, at least in my mind, this, you know, you have like a racial undertone, right, uh, of of uh, the product. So. Um, it's just kind of funny to me that it took, uh, you know, basically 131 years for this thing to be renamed. So, you know, people got upset on Facebook last night, and I didn't get in it uh, into the argument. But my part of the argument is this: Quaker Oats, and I forget who is behind Uncle Ben. But the bottom line is, if they want to change the name of their product for whatever reason. It's their right to change yeah. the name of their product. So everybody yeah. sit down, be quiet. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I just like, who cares? I, I mean, as long as the syrup tastes the same, I don't care what you call it. As long so, as they still have Miss Butterworth and all of that, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm just telling yeah. you. Well, like I said, people, and this is that I talked a little bit about this last week. You know, this this super frustrating. Uh, ultra-sensitive uh, cancel culture that we live in now, Dave, is is almost uh, it's almost um, a situation where you, you, you just you can't even function anymore. You can't have your own personal opinion. You can't have a thought uh, without people pouncing on it. And 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 again, I think you have to be very careful with your words and and uh, make sure what you say is what you mean and that sort of stuff. But I just find it so interesting. Um, again, it's not just you know it's, it's on both sides, but for for people to get so frustrated over changing the name of a syrup, who cares? There are bigger fish to fry. It's not going to affect my life at all. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And quite frankly, if you read the uh, the history of Aunt Jemima and 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 you know. Uh, Uncle Ben and why it was named. There's probably some pretty good reason to change the name, but again, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I just think that this this idea that you know it's it's okay to have an opinion. It's certainly okay to share that opinion. Uh, I think that there's a difference between an opinion and, and hateful speech. Um, but if you got an opinion, I think it's okay to to uh, to you know speak your opinion. That's what part of uh, you know that's what this country is based off of. But I also think too that like you don't have to have an opinion on every single thing that comes down the pike, you know. I mean, it's just it's sort of exhausting after a while, but um, just it just blows my mind, especially as of late. There's just so many opinions on everything, and probably ninety percent of those people who have those opinions, more power to you. But you have no, you don't have real, you know, really any sort of background or experience or something in which you know I should take your opinion seriously, but. You can have it. That's okay. All right. I agree. Let's take a break for the news. We'll be back after that. 
We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Thursday. The high today being forecast for 91 degrees under basically clear skies. It's going to feel like it's 99. And then uh, as the week goes on and into the weekend, we'll start seeing chances of rain uh, expand on Sunday, about a 50-50 chance. But uh, Monday through uh, Friday of next week, they're saying that uh, each day will have about a 30% chance, and that strikes me as it's just basically going to be a summer day in the south. We always have a chance for a pop-up thunderstorm in the south just because of all the humidity that we have. Currently, it's 64 degrees in Little Rock, 63 in Cabot, 63 out in Conway. Our guest, uh, is, of course, J.R. Davis, he's with us every Thursday from the Gilmore Group. And we hear the, the the Democrats saying, oh, the Republicans doing the same old, same old, blah, blah, blah. They've not done anything uh, for uh, uh, policing or anything like that. Well, Senator Graham had had enough of that, and here's what he had to say. To my colleagues on the other side who said, we talk too much, we don't need to listen anymore. Where were you for the eight years of the Obama administration? I'm getting a little tired of being lectured to by my Democratic colleagues that all this is Trump's fault. You had eight years under President Obama, the Justice and Policing Act, none of it was taken up virtually. So let's knock that off. You're making no points with me trying to suggest that that we're bad and y'all are not when it comes to this issue. You had eight years, no attempts to ban chokeholds, no attempts to do any of the things that we all agree we need to do now. So if you want to fight about that, let's fight. If you want to admit that the country needs to move on together, let's do it. So as to President Trump's executive order, a good start. I appreciate him starting the conversation. He brought families into the White House. They appreciated being listened to by their president. To my Democratic colleagues, I appreciate putting together your list. I'd like to work with you. But we're not going to get there if we keep playing this game that uh, we're exclusively to blame here. Now, their shopping list, for lack of a better term, of what to do compared to Tim's, there's a lot of overlap, but there's some real differences. And how do you hammer out those real differences? You talk to each other. After the hearing, I had multiple Democratic colleagues come up to me and say, let's try to reconcile our differences to the American people. After the hearing, I am more hopeful than I was before the hearing that there's going to be a genuine effort to bring, bring reform to a problem that's been going on well before President Obama. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to go on well past President Trump. All right. Nicely said by uh, Senator Graham. Would you agree? Are you there with us, Jr.? Sorry, Dave. Oh. I had you uh, on on mute. My yeah. apologies. I was listening. Okay. Uh, um, no, I think that he. Uh, I think he, he hit the nail on the head. You know, I don't see why they can't get together and come forward and take everything that they agree on and say, exactly. "This is what we w- we're going to start with right here." Now, here's what we disagree on. 
and we're going to meet and we're going to start hammering this out and see if we can't come to an agreement. To me, that would tell the American public you're serious about doing something. Exactly right. And I think right now, if you have the the polarization uh, of both parties and they're unwilling to work together uh, on this particular issue, and again, this isn't just some like, you know, uh, stopgap measure uh, or appropriations bill. I mean, this is something that that so many Americans care about. Um, and to show that you can work across the aisle on something. And like you said, Dave, there's, if you look at both bills, there's actually a lot of similarities. Yeah. Uh, I think you can say, Hey, look, we can do this. What if we do this? You compromise, you bring together. And I agree with you completely. If you do that and there's a show of bipartisanship to get this done, uh, I think number one, uh, it helps the view of Congress to the rest of the country, because this is something people want to have accomplished Um, But it also takes away the politics. And I think as long as it's Republicans doing their thing and Democrats doing their thing, the average American is not going to take it seriously because it just looks like your standard everyday politics. Yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying there. It's like chokeholds. Both want to get a handle on chokeholds. The Republicans said no chokeholds except in, in case the officer is life is being threatened, the Democrats say no chokeholds. Period. Well, I don't think you can ever say no chokeholds. Possible. Period. Because it's just like the Republicans pointed out: you get into a, a scuffle with somebody, and your life is at danger. You should be able to use whatever methodology you got to use to save your life. That's when shooting starts, typically. So, um, you know, I'm, I think that would be an easy step for both parties to come to agreement on it, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, when you, I, had, I had on French Hill yesterday, Congressman Hill said that Pelosi is the most political person he has ever seen in his life. And I think I agree, although Schumer is, is closing fast on the inside on the track. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. Um, you know, and look, this is, uh, we all remember once, I mean, the funny thing is, Dave, uh, my mind's racing this morning. I apologize. I'm a couple cups of coffee in. But uh, <laughs> if you go back and you look, when, when, when Nancy Pelosi took back over as speaker, there was this idea that she was going to be a little more cautious uh, and, and, you know, they weren't going to go after Trump. They were really going to focus on priorities and policy. Yeah, what happened to that? Like that lasted for all of about maybe three or four months. Um, and then I feel like in the last, basically ever since impeachment, maybe she's just said, you know, to heck with it uh, after that. And, and it's just been such hyper partisanship um, with very little strategy, in my opinion. And look, you know, you like her, you don't like her. She, she, I think Nancy Pelosi has been an effective uh, for her party and effective speaker. Now it feels like there's very little strategy behind some of her actions. It's just continue to make the president look as bad as, as he possibly can. And quite frankly, there's sometimes she doesn't have to do that much, uh, you know, but I think that uh, that's what her concentration has been on. Um, and, and she's not, there's no focus on, on policy or working across the aisle or getting something done for the people 
uh, of this country. And Dave, I go back to the CARES Act. You remember that? I mean, yeah. we had to, there had to be a a quick resolution to help some of our small businesses. The problem is the CARES Act, and I think again, you know, when we look back at this ten years, or heck, when we look back at this in two years, uh, I, I think it will have largely. You know, it, it did some of what it was supposed to do, but I think it will be uh, largely looked at as sort of this boondoggle um, uh, of a package that basically, you know, in in the beginning helped businesses because it gave them money. But employees, I mean, you basically hurt businesses from this point forward until the end of the year because they can't get their employees back because their employees in a lot of cases are making more money now on unemployment than they were before uh, working uh, at their job. And so, you know, I look at the CARES Act, I think it was rushed through, but even in that moment, Democrats and Republicans could not come up with something that they, I mean, eventually they did, but even then there was turmoil uh, between the parties, that they had an idea on the Democratic side, they had an idea on the Republican side, and there's just been this infighting, Dave, because it does feel like when we get to a crisis point in our country, at least, you know, 9-11, Nine eleven, uh, you know when when the, uh, uh, the two thousand eight financial crisis, you know the Boston bombings. Every time there's something that comes up in a crisis format, we're able to reach across the aisle and do something. Right? I feel like it's getting more and more polarized, uh, and in a situation where people's livelihoods were on the line, it still became a difficult process for both sides to come together and say, here's the package that, that best, you know, uh, uh, supports uh, the people we represent. So it, it's just, uh, it kind of gets depressing when you think about it a little bit, but it's just, it's frustrating in a lot of ways. Well, it seems to me that uh, Nancy Pelosi has been snookered and taken in by the AOC wing of the Democratic Party, and she, ga- she gave in to them, and now... She's reaping what she sowed in the cities, in the streets of Democrat-controlled cities all across this nation. And uh, we've got some real problems because of that thought process and, and because of the HEROES Act and, and some of the things that she has come up with. It's not good, and I agree with you. All right, let's get our final break. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you about how the, can- uh, the cancel culture has weaponized big tech, tech like Google, like uh, Facebook. Let's talk about that here to finish off today's show with uh, J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let's finish it up for this uh, Thursday with J.R. Davis. Coming up in the next hour, Michael Wampler is going to be with us. He is the Director of Sales and Marketing For Magic Springs theme and water park, he'll tell us what we can expect uh, this uh, summer with Magic Springs. They opened last week. We'll talk about, you know, any changes and things of that nature with him and prices and all those good things. But Michael Wampler is up next on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. But let's finish up with JR. JR, the cancel culture and uh, they have been using and weaponizing big tech for it. Uh, NBC, by the way, uh, exposed this week uh, for what looks like a hackneyed attempt uh, from one media giant to a 
partner with Google to shut down the revenue stream for the Federalist website. Co-founders Ben Dominich and uh, Sean Davis say that the effort failed, but it should serve as a warning about the unchecked power of big tech companies, particularly when they can be uh, manipulated by partisans, including partisan journalists. The episode illustrates how dangerous the combination of partisan media and uh, the, the whole monopoly tech companies have uh, here in, in, in America. Uh, we survived the attack because our organization is well known, is what they said. So your thought, uh, I mean, the president talked about this earlier on uh, a few months back about going in and changing that one area of uh, how uh, these companies can work where they can be sued, uh, this shows you that perhaps that is the right thing to do. Well, I think the problem is, Dave, uh, just to start off with, is that basically all of, uh, you know, tech and uh, the Internet are really controlled by basically a handful of companies. Um, as far as, you know, those who have a certain amount of the market share on, on certain things, whether it's Facebook and Google and Twitter, or Microsoft, I mean, you go down the list, there's not there's not that many companies as far as the big ones go. So to me, that is the biggest concern is that I think as we, you know, when we had four years of Donald Trump's, Trump and he has been extremely polarizing, he's been the enemy of the left uh, for every bit of that four years and even uh, back into the campaign, you know, I think what we're starting to see is uh, this tolerant uh, uh, side that says everyone should be tolerant is growing intolerant of those with different opinions. And so that's a scary part of it. Um, you know, if you're subject and in and, and and today's world, you know, so much of what we do is online. And if your livelihood is is uh, is, you know, opinion and news and Google or Facebook or Twitter disagrees with that and tries to shut you down. You know, what can you do? There's not much you can do. And I think we've seen that lately, Dave, from from Twitter specifically uh, about, you know, uh, throwing up censors over specific tweets, whether it's the president's uh, or others. The fact of the matter is, though, it hasn't been a balanced approach from Twitter. Uh, There have been more of those, uh, at least in the news, uh, that have been more uh, of the conservative uh, side of things. And so. To me, look, I think if you, uh, it's, it, you know, as part of free speech, you're on Twitter, you, you follow the people you want to follow, you make those decisions. I don't think you should necessarily have to have any sort of censor on anything. Uh, I think that you, you make those decisions on your own. But the problem is we've just started seeing more and more examples of, uh, of you know, opinion and speech being stifled because – those who can control it uh, deem it as inappropriate. And that's a scary situation to be in. Yeah, let me let me ask you about one story in particular, and it has nothing to do with politics, but it, it does everything as a reflection of where our society is right now. And that's uh, Coach Gundy of Oklahoma State University. Uh, he wore a shirt for One News America. 
and that he watches them and he just had it on he was out fishing or whatever people took a picture and he had it on and his running back says i'll have nothing to do with osu because he wears the you know the shirt of that news organization and all these other sports individuals started piling on on him just blew my mind well that's exactly it's exactly right dave and that's what's so frustrating now look i will say this when you were a uh, there's certain there's i believe there are certain careers certain jobs that you do have to be probably overly uh cautious with especially you know um, you know, you may be dealing with uh, a lot of different groups and demographics that believe certain ways that a big part of football is recruiting and you know, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, if we're getting our, our panties in a wad uh, because uh, literally someone's wearing a T-shirt uh, of a brand of some news organization, you may disagree with it. But I think at some point we have got to dive deeper than the 280 characters of social media and, and get to know people, understand people, uh, you know, and you may disagree with people's, you know, take on things or their philosophy. Uh, but there's, there's, you have to get to the human side of people. I mean, this idea that, you know, if you don't like someone or you take something that someone said, uh, as, as fact, um, and, and you run with it and then you basically get this, uh, you know, this sort of stampede on social media to basically cancel someone's life completely uh, and, and destroy their livelihood, destroy their life in a lot of cases. It's, it's horrible. And the, and the juxtaposition here, Dave, is when you have on one hand, we're talking about how bullying is a real issue. We've got to stop it. And then on the other side, you've got these giant companies who are basically utilizing this uh, to ruin people's lives because they disagree with what they think they said is just preposterous. And I'll go back to Dick Durbin. Look, I don't think Dick Durbin meant anything racist by it. He said something that he was thinking, and I think it was clear what he was thinking, and he needs to apologize for it. I don't think his life needs to be ruined or he needs to be run through the mud for it. Uh, but that's what that's the culture we live in right now, Dave, is that no one wants to hear anybody out. It's just this idea that I heard what you said or in a lot of cases, I read some report that wasn't entirely accurate of what you said and you're done. We're canceling you. You don't have another shot. It's over. That's a scary position for the United States of America to be in when we have the freedom of speech that we all enjoy, that we should be able to say things that are on our mind. Um, you have to be careful. There are consequences for what you say, but at the same time to completely destroy someone's life for something that is completely taken out of context. Uh, it, it's just a scary place to be Dave. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to have more and more of the leaders we need to run for office decide not to, because it's not worth it. Well, I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree that I agree with you completely on that. I mean, another good example, Drew Brees, when he said he didn't respect the guys that took a knee during the anthem and the way he's been treated ever since he said that. And uh, I got to believe that the New Orleans Saints called him into the office and said, you got to apologize, man. And he did. He's apologized like three times and nobody will accept his apology, basically. 
Well, and the thing is, it's frustrating me about this, Dave. And you, hit, I mean, that, that's probably the, the example that's frustrated me the most. There's not a more likable guy than, than Drew Brees uh, in the NFL. The problem with the kneeling during the national anthem is that there's a faction of people in the NFL that saw it as something else, and there was a faction of those who did the kneeling that said it meant something else. And so basically you have two competing messages. And so instead of just saying you're wrong, you don't understand, or hey, you're wrong, you don't understand, why not explain what the actual message was and say this is how we feel, this is what this means, it has nothing to do with the flag. That's the issue we face right now in our country, Dave, is that people that disagree aren't willing to talk about it, but they're willing to cancel uh, their opponent uh, and 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 take the humanity out of this and ruin someone's life because hey, you don't you don't understand where I'm coming from. You should. Uh, it's like any good marriage, Dave. It takes communication. Uh, no one can basically. Uh, uh, no one has the ability to read someone's mind. Uh, you have to talk things through, uh, and and that's the same thing with this. No one can read someone's mind in a controversial issue like this. You've got to come to the table. You've got to, uh, you know, uh, communicate. And that's the only way we're going to move this country forward. But but you're, you're dead on with, with Drew Brees. Very, very frustrating. All right, brother. You have a great rest of your day. We'll see you again next Thursday right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group. Some great uh, comments from him today. We'll be back to continue the Dave Ellswick Show with Michael Wampler from Magic Springs. That's coming up next. Want to remind you today, sunny skies, 91 degrees, going to feel like 99 degrees. Might be a good day to head out to Magic Springs and the water park. Good way to stay uh, cooled down. You like that bridge, Michael? I love that bridge. That that intro music, Dave, I felt like you and I were ready to suit up and, and walk through the tunnel. You're right. <laughs> That's right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a special uh, three hours of the day for everybody. And we take on the uh, issues of the day and and uh, do so with uh, our uh, our resolve firmly in place, just the way it has to be. Michael Wampler is our guest. He is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Magic Springs uh, Theme and Water Park. I understand you opened last week. I was supposed to have you on last week, but I had a a tragedy in my family had to miss uh, uh, some time here on the on the radio show. I appreciate you understanding that and joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, as you know, we're good friends. Thoughts and thoughts and well wishes to you and your family. Uh, but thank you for having me this morning. I very much appreciate it. All right. So the, I guess the first question to ask this is the easy one. Uh, this is a big old softball. It's not even a regular softball. This is one of those big old mush balls that you get when you play softball there in the parks in the city. Uh, Here comes the heat. So no, no, no heat. It's just what's different 
with COVID-19 at Magic Springs this year than what we've had in the previous years? Well, Dave, it goes without saying that the world has changed due to COVID-19 and the pandemic. And uh, again, our thoughts and prayers for, for those who've been affected by it. But our role at Magic Springs is to try to give families an opportunity maybe to break out from home after the last three and a half months, find a little fun, but the fun is a little different at Magic Springs. Uh, the best way to learn about our changes when you have an opportunity is visit magicsprings.com where we've posted things to know before you visit due to COVID-19. But for your listeners at home listening right now, um, we've got social distancing in place. That's six foot social distancing. And that's for everyone's protection. Okay. Um, Now we're doing an, an amazing job. We actually opened on June the 1st. So the team has, has almost two full weeks under their belts now. And um, the, the biggest thing to tell the public is be patient, be understanding, be situationally aware of their surroundings, and look out for themselves with regards to social distancing. We've got the traditional markers on the ground at the entrances, at the ride units, within the water park area. And so as you're, as you're coming in, you may see a line and go, oh, my goodness, they must be really, really busy. No, it's just a simple matter of fact that the families have been asked to socially distance six feet from each other while coming through the entrance turnstiles. The entrances are moving um, extremely well with the process we have in place. While it may appear to be a long line, in reality, it's not. The, the crews and the rides, we're going every other queue line, as an example, Dave, and they're moving very slowly. We're... Um, that's just that just comes with trying to be socially distanced. But the rides themselves, the public feedback that we've gotten on social media and the comments that I get while walking through the park are we're having a great time and we're being thanked for giving those families something to do that's safe because it's outdoor in the sun fun. Right. And typically COVID viruses do not do well in the sun, in the humidity. So uh, I'm thinking uh, they, they like move out of the south during that time of the year. <laughs> well, we should hope. That's what the CDC and the state health officials are telling us. And so we feel like, you know, as long as everyone is practicing good social distancing, uh, my staff are wearing masks. That's simply for the protection of our guests. Uh, while masks are not mandatory, we're not requiring a guest to enter the park wearing a mask, we strongly recommend it. Bring your own mask uh, because there are, there are things that you'll have to do in the park that will require you to have a mask, such as going to an indoor dining location. That's not, that's not anything different than when they go to Chili's or one of the other restaurants in, the, in Little Rock that they're required to have a face covering when they first enter. And then upon being seated and their food arrives, they're able to take the mask off. But again, that's just so that everyone is safe while being around everyone else. Uh, the bumper cars is an example, Dave. You know, that, that's, a, that's a kind of a jolting experience. Right. And so we've, we've identified that as a risk area. So we require a mask while riding bumper cars. One of our looping roller coaster type rides, the Hawk, puts our 
our ride operators in very close proximity with the guest. So while we're wearing masks, we ask them to wear a mask while they're being safely loaded into the ride unit, and then they can pull the mask down while they're riding. So, again, there's just little things that are different. But you know what? We've lived through this now for over three months. The public has become aware of the blue lines, the white lines, the markers on the floor at Walgreens or in Walmart or at Kroger. So this is nothing new to them. They're just doing it at at a fun location like Magic Springs. I gotcha. How how has your uh, turnout been thus far? When you guys reopened your gates, was everybody ready uh, to get to Magic Springs and get in the water park and get on the rides and have some fun? The public has has embraced getting out favorably. Good. Uh, the big que- the big question I'm asked every day is, well, what about these capacities? You know, I live in Sheridan. I I live in up up in Memphis. I don't want to drive three and a half hours only to be turned away. That would upset me. And as a parent and as a father, it would upset me too. But I have to explain to them. They want to know the number, Dave. That's the biggest question. What's the number? And I first need to explain that there is not a number. There's not a there's not a fire marshal capacity number for the park. Mm-hmm. And that's purely because we're outdoors. We sit on over 200 acres. So un, unlike a building, any building that's, that's, you know, a public building, they're mandated to have a max fire capacity number posted publicly. Right? Correct. We don't. Okay, so we we can calculate based on square footage what that hypothetical number would be. Okay, that number has never been reached in our history. And so you take that hypothetical square footage math, it'll make your head explode. And you (laughs) you now say, we're going to do 30 percent of that for the theme park, and we're going to do 50% of that for the water park. And so since we're such a unique venue and attraction, you may remember during phase one, all these other entities were told, go back, you're you're good, right? Right. uh, Weekly, the governor was very good to announce who could do what, but we were never mentioned. Local swimming pools, splash pads, play areas, they all got announced there, you know, just before the end of the month of May. But we don't fall into any of those categories. We we don't have three employees and, and four lanes to swim in or a little teeny fountain with, with an area for kids. So uh, it, we had to create a plan. We created a detailed plan for guest safety and how we would plan to operate. We submitted that voluntarily to the state. They reviewed it, and they said, this plan is approved. So they gave you two big thumbs up and you were able to open. You're exactly right. And uh, I don't know if you happen to notice, but this past weekend we hosted Christian artist Zach Brown, I'm sorry, Zach Williams and Crutchfield in what I believe I'm hearing was the first concert held in the state of Arkansas. And there were photos during his news conference uh, the other day that showed the guests socially distancing on their own. Now, my team was in place. We assisted. We walked through the crowd. Everybody was thumbs up, having a great time. 
So uh, we feel it was a success, and we're looking forward to those concerts that have still stayed on the books with us. We've got a big concert this coming Saturday with Tracy Beard and Mark Chestnut. They're they're lovingly referred to as the Beaumont Boys, and they'll be in concert starting at 7 on, on Saturday. And that concert's included with your park admission or your season's pass. And again, we'll be working closely with the public as they enter the venue. We're asking them to bring a blanket this time. So bring a, bring a blanket, bring your outdoor chair, and that blanket becomes like your zone of comfort. Right. It allows, it allows a visual social distancing while they're having a great time with their families under the stars hearing great music. All right, Michael Wampler is our guest, Director of Sales and Marketing, Magic Springs. He's going to be with us uh, perhaps almost the entire hour, maybe not completely, but for a good portion of it because we got a lot of things still to cover. That's all coming your way as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got 17 minutes after 7 on a Thursday, 66 degrees now. Looking for a high of 91 in Little Rock with a feels-like temperature of 99. Let me tell you about PI Roofing real quickly here. Tell you what they do for you. They are the best roofing company as far as I'm concerned uh, here in uh, central Arkansas, perhaps even the entire state. Uh, If you'll give them a call, uh, they can take care of your roof. Because here's number one. They don't want you to have the added responsibility or Uh, weight of your roof on your shoulders because it needs you know some work maybe you've seen some uh, leaks in your house and you've got a little discoloration on the ceiling in a bathroom the kitchen the living room or a bedroom Uh, they can take care of that for you and they can do it without breaking social distancing rules what they'll ask uh, of you to do is give them a call 707-3551 707 3551 or go online to PI Roofing. That's one word, PI Roofing.com and set everything up with them. They'll come out and check your roof. They'll find out where the problem is. Uh, they will talk to your insurance company. They'll have the appraiser come out and walk the roof with them so they can show them where the problems are on your particular roof. And then they'll meet uh, with you over the telephone or over the uh, Internet. And uh, you'll talk about, you know, you're probably only going to have to pay what your, dedu- your deductible is, it, uh, is. And then they'll get to work on your roof. They do it. They do it quickly. They do it professionally. And during this COVID-19 time, they do it safely. That's PI Roofing, PIRoofing.com or Call them, 707-3551. Back with Michael Wampler. He is the uh, Director of Sales and Marketing at Magic Springs Theme and Water Parks there in Hot Springs. Just so you know, it's 1701 East Grand Avenue. That's the address if you need to uh, get there. MagicSprings.com is uh, the website so are, are all the rides open michael is everything open that's a great question dave everything that we are allowed to operate under the guideline plan that we submitted is operating with the exception of the log flume 
And <laughs> you more than anyone will appreciate this. We, we had, it, uh, had a, a need for a, a custom-made part by the manufacturer of the ride who happens to be in Switzerland. Wow. Due, due to COVID-19, we can't, we can't find anyone who, could, who can do what these guys do to fabricate it. So we're waiting on the part patiently. That's the only ride that is currently not operating, uh, and it's COVID-19 related 100% until that part comes in. We have been asked not to operate the splash pad the giant kids play area where they run up and down the slides together and they're in uh, like a giant jungle bath. I don't know if you've ever seen it, it but they, the kids come in such close proximity to each other. And of course, how do you get a four or five year old to, to properly social distance? So yeah. we've been asked by the health department not to operate that because it's so big and the kids are so close together nor the chiller pool because it's too small to give us the footage we need. So those two attractions are currently not operating due to COVID. Um, And then the pay attraction, the one paid attraction in the park called the Sky Shark, which is that big slingshot, uh, because the harnesses that the guests wear are fabric, we cannot properly sanitize them safely between individual rides, so we're currently unable to operate that. But And those are listed on the website, so the guests know well in advance what is not operational. We've also been asked not to operate many of those carny games the mm-hmm. theme parks are famous for, the money makers. Right. We can't, because again, uh, you come in close proximity with cash. We don't have electronic POS at those locations, so the, the guests have to exchange cash, and so we've we've been asked not to operate them because we can't safely clean or sanitize in between uses. What do you? What do you let, let me ask something, Michael. What do you think about that? I'm hearing of stores now that are refusing to accept cash. Is the future of cash on the way out? It could be one of the many things that we're seeing across the world. Uh, where the public is having to adapt. We're, we're, we're strongly encouraging you to go online and purchase your tickets in advance, which obviously gives you a discount. You immediately get a savings when you buy your tickets in advance online. Um, even things like your, your, to- your parking fee, you can pay that online. You can get those meal vouchers so that you can go get pre- predetermined meals within the park. Yes, sir, I, I think... Uh, let's look at your experience at McDonald's. I was there uh, this morning getting a coffee and a biscuit, and you know they hand you the ATM device and you yep. slide the card in, uh, and they they, they they roll their eyes even though they're wearing gloves if you try to hand them three dollars because that's what mine mine was three oh one. Okay, <laughs> and it, and yet I used a credit card. So you know you're right. I think I think just like the. The last major event in my life was probably uh, Katrina. A lot of things happened after that. Uh, going back further down memory lane, you know, we had nine eleven, and look how travel changed and the way we were forced. You know, TSA lines I, that I, that's very reminiscent of what we're doing now with social distancing. So there'll be more changes, I think, as we adapt and learn how this because the virus, no one knows about it. No one really understands. Um, 
what's going on. So yes, I think I think the life as we've known it will will change, and most likely we always come out on the other side better because of change. That's that's how great our society is. So I'm I'm excited to see what else you know comes down the line. It's looking like to me uh, as I watch this, Michael, that. Until we get a a place that people can go and get vaccinated, uh, we're going to have all these kind of bizarre rules and things out there. But when the vaccine comes, uh, the doors are going to really blow open again. I agree. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to give a shout out. Sure. Is that all right? Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to shout out to your friends and mine over at the Arkansas Blood Institute. Those those people obviously summertime is the the where the demand for blood donations is at an all time high. There's obviously an additional resistance for for people to want to donate uh, because of the proximity of the donation process. But you know how safe it is. They're desperately in need, and so we've partnered again with Arkansas Blood Institute. So if you go in and make a donation, you're going to get a free admission. The Magic Springs that's good until November the 1st Wow! by making that life-saving donation. And the bigger tip of the hat is I've been told that many of those locations are now able to do that uh, test to see if you have the antibody. So uh, if, you're, if you're a listener and you're a, you're a regular donor, check it out because uh, you can have the antibody test while making a life-saving donation and get a free pass to Magic Springs. All right, Michael, we got to get a break here because we got Rush coming up, and nobody gets in front of Rush, not you or me. <laughs> so if you'll hold on, I'll be back with you after the break, and then we'll talk Stay a little bit more, and you can tell us what's coming up on the weekends uh, at Magic Springs, like on Father's Day weekend, which is this weekend coming up. We'll want to know about that. People will be wanting to get out and celebrate Father's Day. You stay around. Michael Wampler is our guest, Director of Sales and Marketing, Magic Springs, Theme and Water Park in Hot Springs. MagicSprings.com is their website. They're located at 1701 East Grand Avenue. You get on Grand Avenue, you can't miss it. It stands out like a sore thumb, and it's a great sore thumb. Let's just put it that way. All right, we've got Rush coming up here in just a moment. Uh, later on in the program, we're going to tell you how to save money on your energy bill. Uh, Rodney's going to be around at about 8.35 to talk about that. I'll talk a little politics in the next half hour with you. And how important is the upcoming election? You hear it all the time. The next election is the most important, and uh, this election coming up is one of the most important that you'll take part in. But right now, here's Rush on the Dave Ellswick Show. It is uh, 67 degrees right now outside. It feels like 72, and the reason it feels like 72, you're going to love this, Michael. The humidity is 92% here in central Arkansas right now. Yes, it's a typical summer day. Here in central Arkansas. Well, I know that you guys are expecting a big weekend. It's Father's Day. And uh, what's the concert going to be this weekend? The concert this Saturday is Tracy Bird and Mark Chestnut, uh, lovingly known as the Beaumont Boys. Show starts at 7 p.m. And, of course, your listeners can get into the show with any one-day admission or a season's pass. 
And then Father's Day is on Sunday. And if you're a Seasons Pass holder, you uh, with your Seasons Pass this year, you've got what are called bring-a-friend tickets. Mm. There were two free tickets put on every Seasons Pass as part of our We Care campaign uh, because of the shortened season uh, and the changes to the park. We've added two free tickets to every Seasons Pass. Uh, they're getting free. They're getting free parking. They're getting a souvenir sport bottle for drinks in the park with really discounted refills. Uh, we've added uh, ten dollars in digital money. There's about two hundred and fifty dollars in values on the seasons passes. So you know you can bring dad for free on Sunday with your seasons pass, but you got to act now. That that we care package. All those benefits ends next. Sunday, the 28th, uh-huh. you have to have pur- purchased and gotten to the park to take advantage of, of the We Care package and all the great benefits to a season's pass, Dave. All right. Now, since we're mentioning Father's Day this weekend, let us not forget that we're only two weeks from the 4th of July. What kind of specials do you guys got going on for the 4th of July? You got a big fireworks uh, display going on? No, unfortunately, again, because shipping and transportation has been so minimized due to due to this and backlogs in production, uh, we were unable to get the quality show that we normally want, mm-hmm. and so we we've chosen not to do a fireworks show this year simply because we don't want to disappoint with a sub a substandard show. Can I understand uh, that. The fourth is on a Saturday, so it it it's not that big of a deal for for our fans because we typically shot our shows on Sundays anyway. But thankfully, with the holiday where it is, and the fact that I believe uh, there are still two, the two other shows that Hot Springs is known for, uh, we're just going to defer to those guys so that we don't have to put on a subpar show. Okay. Now, since we're not doing fireworks, we're going to do a firecracker special. And yeah. I know you always love those inside tips. So here we go. I had one in my, had one in my pocket for you, my brother. Good. And so starting on the Sunday before the fourth, and I want to I want to say that that's the twenty ninth, perhaps. Dave, I don't, I don't have my calendar in front of me, and I'm embarrassed. Uh, it, it, it's either the 28th or the 29th, but again, starting starting that week, okay, uh, running all the way up to the 3rd, tourists are in town, and we're offering the Firecracker Special at a, at a tremendously reduced rate on a one-day visit to the park leading up to the 4th. All right, That's, many, it's many, the 28th. Yeah, yes, sir, the 28th through the 3rd, the one-day admission price is going to be dramatically dropped on online uh, so that you can come during the week when the park is amazing. Um, the kickoff day is also a cooler Sunday. As you remember, you can bring a cooler into the park every sum- Sunday in the summer with you know your food, your drinks. The only thing we, we don't allow are glass or alcoholic beverages, but so you load up load up your cooler for Father's Day, even absolutely and have a great a great family outing in the park. But tell your listeners to watch for that firecracker special online magicsprings.com 
for those weekdays leading up to July 4th. All right, we're we're running towards the end of uh, our time here, Michael, but let me just ask this. Uh-huh. This is a gen- yeah, general question for you. Uh, the whole COVID-19 broke out in March. I mean, you guys knew it was coming. I mean, when you sat there and you saw this big cloud sitting out on the horizon, what are some of the things that you all had to talk over uh, before the season even came close to starting? The biggest concern was how to how to take care of our, our employees and our and their families. Mm-hmm. Just like every every other organization, we knew that at some point we were going to be required to stand down. So we attempted to get as much done in preparation as we possibly could, and you never can. And so, um, you know, the families and the employees, you know, uh, we we sat patiently for that return to work call, which we got. Uh, as you can imagine, it was a scramble. Uh, when we did get the word about the 15th of May that we'd be opening on June 1, we really had to go full speed ahead because, Dave, at that time, we still hadn't interviewed or hired or trained the majority of our 16- and 17-year-old employees. This was their first summer job in a lot of cases. So we did, uh, the team did a great job. So those were the things. And you know it's not just my park. We've got 13 parks across the country as a member of the Premier family. Right. And many of my sister parks have not reopened as of yet. We, we were blessed to be one of the first theme parks and water parks, again, in the country that we're allowed to reopen. Uh, everyone else is playing catch-up right now, and so we're we're sharing our lessons learned with them so that they they don't have as big of a learning curve as we did. Amazing. Just had to be a – I mean, it's a learn-as-you-go kind of situation because you've never been in that situation before, so you got to be pretty nimble on your feet, and that's hard to do for a corporation at times. Well, we're, these are unprecedented times. I want to I want to personally thank every one of our loyal seasons pass holders and every one of our loyal guests that have visited us over the many years we've been in operation. You guys have shown the love. You've been patient. You've been understanding that that we've never been where we're going today. And while we may not get it right the first time. I can assure you that me and my team are going to make sure we get it right as a makeup if we don't. So, again, thanks to everyone who's been been supportive of us. And, you know, we just continue to make family memories. That's that's what we're here for. And, Michael, we've talked about this before. Uh, Your park, along with the others of your family, are always looking towards the future, when to add a ride, when not to add a ride, what kind of ride to add, and things of that nature has that changed your timetables at all? I, I'm not sure yet what the future holds for our personal timetable. I know that many of the sister parks were in construction for, for something new and different. And obviously and sadly, those were put on hold when construction ceased. So uh, I, I think, though, going forward, we're going to always continue to look at the product from within continue to make those changes that are appropriate for our visitor experience. And, you know, if, if financially it's, it's something we can do, we always want something new at our park. 
and you and I have talked at great length about what those could possibly be. So I'm going to let those at a higher pay grade than myself kind of make those plans. I just want to stay in touch with all my, my loyal followers on Facebook, uh, keep answering those questions they send to me. I answer every one of them personally. And uh, we take that we take their opinions, their comments, and we, we make sure that management is also aware of it. All right, here's my opinion. You need to build a, a, a great big roller coaster that breaks the speed record. <laughs> you always have been a, a speed demon, my friend. <laughs> I love you it. But yet you won't go up on high towers. So maybe maybe the, the answer is we get a high sky ride and then you and I ride it together. Yeah, maybe that would work out, Michael. Michael Wampler, who is the director of sales and marketing, I uh, consider him a, a business partner, but more than that, a friend. And, uh, Michael, thanks so much for being on with us today to talk about Magic Springs. I didn't ask you, you got a special concert for the 4th of July. How about Quiet Riot? Ah. Molly Hatchet. All right. And, and Blackfoot. You think <laughs> you think you think you and you and I could do a little headbanging during that? Yeah, come it's on, a, hear the noise. Yeah, there you go. The, there I, you go. That's I remember those. I remember them. All right, Michael. You have a great day. Have a great weekend and I'll be out there sometime this summer and maybe we'll just share a a slurpee or something. <laughs> Dave, I, I welcome that, my brother, and God bless to all your listeners. All right. We'll see you later. Michael Wampler. Don't forget, magicsprings.com. You go there. All the information you need to know is easily attained through their website. 745, we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't run. I'm coming back right here at 1011 FM, The Answer. Think about what he was able to achieve with like one hand tied behind his back with all those lies that went on, with the deep state working against him. Think what he could achieve if he gets a second term. Think about what America could achieve if they had a Congress that would work for this country instead of against this country. The, our, our ability to make a more perfect union hinges just as you always talk about in 140 more days. That's why if people are serious about changing this direction, of working and renewing and restoring America, they need to go to takethehouse.com. You cannot have this with Nancy Pelosi as speaker. You cannot have this with more of what Hillary Clinton had been doing or, or Joe Biden hiding in a basement. Basement Biden could not do what President Trump did today. Bring the nation together. Talk about one nation. Talk about greater transparency. Talk about, as you just heard Democrats talking, that families were crying, that they saw this president. Understand what they're going through, believing that the Floyd family deserves justice, believing that these protests deserve the right to be heard, but also believing the looting deserves consequences, and that's not America, and we cannot stand for it. All right, that's uh, the minority leader, McCarthy, and we'll talk further about what he mentioned in that soundbite in just a moment. But first, let me tell you that $287,619 is a lot of money. I mean, what would you do with an extra $287,619 in retirement? And I just know that I would do a lot. I, I could go to Panama Beach in Florida many times and kick back and enjoy myself uh, with my wife by doing that. Uh, it would be a great time. Well, that's how much a Little Rock couple could save in taxes 
with their uh, IRA and 401k. Uh, thanks to the tax planning strategies from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. You don't have to travel anywhere at all to go see David Lucas. And and you can do it online. I mean, you don't even have to be in his office. You can do it on the phone. It's amazing what he can do with you now uh, and keep your social distancing in in line as well. Learn exactly how much money you could save with a free retirement tax analysis. If you save more than $250,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now at 501-222-3315. If you have an IRA or a 401k, learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling that number, 501-222-3315. Let me repeat it one more time. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. I know David really well. He's a personal friend. I, I become really good friends with my my advertisers. I get to know them on a very personal basis, and I know they will do you a good job. And David Lucas is no exception. He's an outstanding man. Used to be part. Used to be part before he went into uh, investments. He used to be part of my uh, power panel here on the Dave Ellswick show. He's he's filled in for my show a couple of times. He's a smart guy, a very very smart man to say uh, the least. All right, back uh, talking about McCarthy and talking about how important the election is and things of that nature. And I I agree wholeheartedly with that. I'll tell you something else that I I think about a lot and that is all the information that you're being fed on a daily level that is negative about our president uh, people are being told the president doesn't have a chance they're trying to run him down so that your enthusiasm will go down as well but let me share something with you the enthusiasm level of uh, the Trump supporters is like at 70, 80 percent compared to 39 percent for Biden. There's very little, very little uh, enthusiasm uh, from Biden. You know, Politico said interviews with more than 50 state, district and county Republican Party chairs depict a version of the electoral landscape that is no worse for Trump than it was six months ago. When you look at the polls, though, the national polls show Biden with a strong lead. I mean, real clear politics saying that the former vice president is up eight and a half points. But the battleground state numbers, when you look at them, are much, much tighter. Uh, Some have Biden up, but all competitive Arizona up by one, Florida up by seven, Michigan up by two, North Carolina up by two, Pennsylvania up by three, Wisconsin up by four. Guess what? I don't believe any of them. (laughs) I really, really don't. Uh, This has got to greatly alarm, though, the really hardcore Democrats, and it's got to alarm them big time. You've had a pandemic You've had a 24-7 barrage of uh, 
real Donald Trump media. You've had a impeachment inquiry, and this is not what they ex- were expecting, especially with a nominee who's confined to his basement and unable to even do a real press conference. Rasmussen sees the margins very similar right now to the 2016 cycle where all the national polling showed Hillary Clinton with strong margins. This time the polling shows less variation. Uh, So you've got that. Then you have what, you know, the 50 state chairmen of the Republican parties are seeing. And let me tell you what they're seeing. They're seeing internal polling internal polling and Doyle Webb will tell you uh, they knew that Trump was really in the run for the presidency the last time I felt that he he was and I could feel the the move happening I am seeing now this election I've been saying that it looked a lot like Reagan Mondale but it's looking a lot like uh, uh, Nixon and Humphrey is kind of what it's looking like uh, with the with the the country in turmoil right now, and everybody thinking that Hubert Humphrey was going to wash and waltz right into the White House, and he didn't. The Law and Order president did, and I believe that the Law and Order president will win again this time. Uh, according to the view of the uh, Republican Party chairs, the coronavirus is on its way out. The economy is coming back. The polls are unreliable. We found that out over the years. Joe Biden is too frail to probably last, and the media still doesn't get it. The more bad things happen in the country, it just solidifies support for the president. And a lot of them, and I'm one of them, are talking landslide. I think he'll win uh, hands down easily uh, as far as the uh, electoral college goes and that's where the game is it's not in the popular vote thank god for that or the big cities would tell everybody how they have to live their lives and uh, they look at us like we're a bunch of numbskulls so just so you'll know i that's how i see it and if i if i see it slipping and i think it's going to change i'll let you know you know that i will But right now, I think the president is on his way to another uh, four uh, years. Now, what about Bolton? Well, let's talk about that in the next hour. Uh, That's something we can talk about. Because I don't think it's going to make a hill of beans, to be honest with you. Just to be truthful with you. Not a hill of beans at all. All right, so let's uh, get to a, a break. we got news coming up. And we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, what the news is uh, going to be here at the top of the hour. SRN will be with us. Know that today is going to be sunny. We're going to ha- have a high near 91 degrees. The winds will be calm. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be mostly clear again, a low around uh, 68. Sun comes up, sunny, and a high near 92 degrees again winds calm over your weekend saturday mostly sunny high near 93 uh with calm wind and then uh, sunday uh, about a 30 percent chance of showers and a thunderstorm probably uh, but 
partly sunny most of the day with a high near 93. All right, a break and then more coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. show today and uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour rodney's going to join us uh he's got a new show on the weekends here at 101.1 fm the answer uh i've known rodney for maybe a decade um he has uh, been around for a long time on uh, radio talking about how you can save energy and we're going to talk to him about that I had a pretty good energy bill uh, this uh, week. Did you know that, um, uh, let's see, I'm not with energy. I'm with the other one. I can't forget, remember who they are. uh, Arkansas uh, The cooperative. cooperative. Yeah, the cooperative. And uh, they gave me uh, 50 bucks this month for COVID-19. So that was pretty nice of them, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, the the other big story today, we've covered most of the big stories today already on the show. Uh, if you heard me in the first hour with uh, J.R. Davis, we, we covered everything dealing with uh, the GOP and their uh, uh, police reform bill and what the, Repo- the Democrats are saying about it and whatnot. We talked about, uh, you know, how, how the... Uh, media now if especially social media attacks anybody uh that uh, you know takes a stance that they don't like the cancel culture is out there in full regalia and all their signs and screaming and hollering and jumping up and down and and attacking you online and i talked about drew Brees and i i talked about uh, coach gundy up in oklahoma state university and uh, i talked about uh you know, Quaker getting rid of Aunt Jemima and um, and I still don't remember who it was that was behind Uncle Ben's rice, but they're getting rid of Uncle Ben and just the different things that are are happening in uh, our our society. Uh, we already talked about all of that. If you missed it, you can always go to one zero one one FM theanswer dot com and uh, you can re listen to the show uh on online i don't know have, have you already posted that first hour or does it do usually is it a couple hours after we finish I usually the show? post the the whole show like after nine o'clock but you know i usually try to make sure it's up within uh 10 minutes of the show okay ending. there you go so you can start listening 
uh, you know, let's just say 930. You can start listening to it and uh, catch up with what you might have missed. And you have missed a lot, to be honest with you. You got Michael Wampler. We spent 45 minutes with him. He's the director of, of sales and marketing for Magic Springs. A lot of good information uh, that he shared in our interview today. But Magic Springs is open, open for business. They got some special things happening this weekend. They got really big things going on for the 4th of July that you need to know. But the other big story that is out, you know, people like salacious stuff. They like books that, you know, supposedly tell you what's going on behind the scenes. And a lot of times you, you, you can believe them, but most of the times you don't believe them. Here's when you, you might believe them. When somebody writes a tell-all that costs them their job. I mean, just totally, they lose their job because, you know, they spilled the beans, so to speak. If you got something to lose and you do it, then maybe uh, what you're getting is uh, some semblance of the truth. Always remember this, though. When somebody writes a book, you're always getting only one side of the story. And then you've got to look at why might this person have written that book, especially if it's an attack on somebody. And that's what John Bolton has done. Now, I know John Bolton. You've heard John Bolton on my show many times. He's been part of this show. Uh, You know, we've had breakfast we've had dinner we've had lunch at cpac uh when i go up to to washington dc when i can uh, afford it and uh, do my show from up at the heritage foundation or whatever uh he usually would come by and sit down and talk to us because he holds a lot of the same views i hold as far as foreign policy it's a little bit more of a hawk i'm a little bit more of a hawk but not quite as much of a hawk as as john is i mean i i i will say it and i say it with pride that when you're dealing with the soviet union if you're dealing with russia if you're dealing with china and if you're dealing with some of the despots in the world the only thing that they understand is that you have a gun that is bigger than their gun and, uh, I mean, that's why we go out for hypersonic missiles and, uh, and uh, you know, big planes that drop big bombs and can drop a lot of bombs at, at uh, you know, one time. You, if, if Hussein was still alive, you could ask his, his royal guard about that when they dug in there along the Kuwaiti border and the B-52s came by and just dropped tons of bombs on them and uh, the concussion killed them. They didn't even have to be blown up uh, by shrapnel or anything like that. The concussion uh, got went so deep down into the earth that it burst their lungs. Uh, a typical 2,000-pound bomb makes a crater. Are you ready for this, uh, Heidi? You don't want to be on the receiving end of this. A 2,000-pound bomb, and bombs are much bigger than just that, but a 2,000-pound bomb can make a bomb crater 50 feet across and 36 feet deep. That's the power 
of air power in the United States. It's much bigger than that. I mean, you know, we've got uh, the bomb, biggest bomb of all bombs and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, from the air, we can rain, just rain hell on people. I mean, it's the truth. It is the truth. So, uh, you know, I believe you got to be, if you're going to be a superpower, which the United States has been since World War II, you got to be able to back up what you say. And that means you got to spend the necessary funds to have the weaponry that your uh, uh, enemies look at and go, well, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. So I firmly believe on that. So John Bolton believes a lot of that too. I don't know what has happened to John. I think John now is a bitter man. That, that's what I think. Uh, I think he thought that he was going to be picked up by the Trump administration far earlier than he was, and he took that uh, as a slight. Uh, and I think that his views and the president's views do not merge very well. Look, I know President Trump is willing to use all-out force when he feels that that's what it's called for. But he's not willing to bomb just anybody at any time. I will tell you John Bolton tries to bomb anybody at any time if they uh, don't want to play ball with the United States. So he's written this, uh, this new book, this memoir, uh, called The Room Where It Happened. And the manuscript contains several previously unreported claims of intrigue and things going on amongst uh, key administration figures, past and present. The Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday published an excerpt of the book, and the New York Times and the Washington Post authored stories revealing some details. Now, let's understand that they're going to give you what they think are some of the best most salacious details that they can so that you'll buy the paper or the magazine or turn into the TV station, the news station, to watch the interview so that uh, and go to their websites and click on them because that all means money to them. For the publisher, it means money because if they can give you something that you think is wow, they said that, wonder what else they said, I got to read the book, then you're going to sit down and you'll spend the money on the book and it won't be cheap, all right? And it shouldn't be cheap if it's 500 and something pages, 592 pages long, pretty long-winded as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Bolton was only with the president for a year. Okay, so, you know, that's about two and a half pages per day. That's quite, that's a lot, just to be honest. Uh among the main revelations were that Bolton charged that President Trump regularly gives personal favors to dictators he liked. Back the idea of more concentration camps in China and asked Chinese, a Chinese president to help him in the 2020 election by buying more U.S. agricultural goods. I don't think I believe any one of those. 
I don't believe this president would ask the Chinese to have more concentration camps unless it's for the higher ups in the communist uh, Chinese Communist Party. Uh, I don't believe that our trade deal and uh, it's already been denied by the people who worked the trade deal uh, that he uh, asked uh, the president of China hap- to help him to get reelected by buying more U.S. agricultural uh, goods. Trump also apparently was unaware that Britain is a nuclear power. Now, I know that for a fact is, is dumb. Yes, the president knows Britain is a nuclear power. Uh, and asked whether Finland is part of Russia, according to Bolton. Those should make you wonder, okay, about what Bolton's saying. I'm just wondering if what John Bolton has done is, have you ever met somebody, I'm kind of like this, all right? Pull your microphone over, Heidi, real quickly. Get her to join me here for a moment. Let me wave at her. She's doing something serious here, and I'm going to break her away from it. Hey, Heidi. Okay, pull the microphone over real quickly. Some people make jokes, and you can't tell that they're making a joke. You ever met a person like that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, me, definitely. right? Yeah, I have, definitely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> am I am I kind of like that? You wonder if I'm just pulling your leg or if I'm really serious about no, something? No, I think for the most part, I, I know that you're joking i think uh when we initially met i was a little bit taken aback but that's because we we were just getting to know each yeah, other that's, so. i'm just saying that people who don't know me all right <laughs> can take some things that i say as that it's what i really believe when in fact i'm making fun about something yeah and i think the president does that a lot and i think bolton didn't understand that about the president you know i don't think that the president uh Uh, told him uh, that he looked at John Bolton and said, I didn't know Britain had nuclear weapons. You know, here's how I could have heard that. I could hear Bolton talking about the nuclear capabilities of Britain, and the president goes, really? (laughs) You know, like, okay, John, I know that. You're going to, okay, really? You're telling me that Britain has nuclear weapons, that kind of stuff. I really think that that's what we're looking at here. Uh, he said that uh, he claimed that during Trump's 2018 meeting with North Korea's leader, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo handed Bolton a note saying that Trump was full of uh, donkey dung. Now, was he saying it was the, the president was? Or was he saying that Un was? You know, that, that, that got to question that. And was there a note anyway? Do you really pass notes like that during a huge meeting with somebody, you know, another world leader that you know there's cameras focused in all over the room as though they can't see it? Because they can. Uh, The source added that Pompeo isn't a note passer and suggested Bolton should prove his claim by producing the purport. The purported note. I mean, if that stunned Bolton so bad, wouldn't he have kept the note? I think he would have. 
the president, meanwhile, unloaded on Bolton in an exclusive interview with Hannity yesterday. And in a series of tweets early today, Trump called Bolton a wacko, a dope, and a disgruntled, boring fool who only wanted to go to war. I have to tell you, part of that's true. All right, by going to war, Bolton would be at war with a whole lot of countries if, you know, we took his advice. All right, a break. We'll be back. I'll finish up talking about Bolton's book. And he quit. He got fired, one or the other. He's done. And now he writes this book as a seat of truth. And, of course, I'll take the $2 million that I've been paid to write it and run. All right, a break. The Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, let's finish up on this thing about Bolton. Uh, Bolton didn't write this book until he either resigned or was fired, depending on which side of the conversation you're listening to. The president says he fired him. Bolton says he resigned. But when nothing was on the line, he decided to write the book. And he took $2 million uh, from uh, the publisher to write the book. Uh, And even MSNBC questioned that. Uh, On uh, Morning Joe, Scarborough said uh, Bolton kept quiet until he could make money off of it. So, I mean, Scarborough's not calling him a liar, but he's saying he's got some underlying reasons why he uh, wrote the the book. And then uh, lastly, just just breaking, let me give this to you. Uh, The attorney for a former Atlanta police officer facing a charge of felony murder in the shooting death of Rashard Brooks told the Ingram Angle in an exclusive interview that several claims made by the DA when he announced the charges were not true lance uh, la rosa also told ingram that he was kind of getting tired of people saying that mr brooks was running away quote mr brooks was not running away he said mr brooks turned and offered extreme violence toward a uniformed law enforcement officer if he was able to deploy the taser it would incapacitate the officer uh, through his body armor, and at that point, if he decided to disarm that officer, he would be in possession of a fire uh, arm. Now, if you watch the video, you can see uh, Brooks discharge the taser, and you can literally see the taser go right over top of uh, the officer's head. Uh I think there's a lot of different ways to see that uh, that video. And Mr. Uh, uh, is it, uh, the, 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 uh, the police officer uh, is, is, is going to uh, have his day in court. And people are going to be looking at that, uh, at that piece of video over and over and over again. You know, how was he shot? That Devin Brosnan, his his client, uh, his other client, rather uh, during the later scuffle with the officers in which Brooks steals one of their stun guns, and uh, I have no idea why Howard is doing that. 
he says. All right, so that's the latest on that. When we come back to tell you how to save some energy. We continue final half hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Rodney Leatherman is going to join us now. Rodney, I've known him for quite a while. Uh, he and I both used to do do shows over on another radio station at one time. Now, Rodney is here at uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. I think you come on what time, 11 o'clock now on Saturdays? I believe we're at one, Dave, and at I appreciate o'clock. you getting me on. Yep. Okay. We're also on the sister station, uh, KDIS 99.5, live at 9 a.m. All right. So you're there, and then we replay you here on 101. Well, I know that you got important things to say because you know what you're talking about when it comes to, you know, HVAC stuff, when it talks about heaters and air conditioners and things of that nature. When when people first tune into the show, what are some of the main topics that you're going to cover? Well, we cover the gambit of existing home, new home construction, everything to do with energy. You see, people don't understand, Dave, energy is the core of everything we do today. And my history goes back through the years. I started in this in 1974. 16-year-old kid up in attics putting insulation in, and I discovered, well, there's a difference in how this insulation performs. Technically, it's all insulation. Then I moved forward into learning about the energy envelope in the 80s and the 90s, developed a U18 glass product that's very, very, very high-tech and efficient, got into HVAC obviously being the core of the system related to the major consumption of energy, 70%, up to 70% of all of the total utility bills in home, office, and buildings are from heating and cooling them. So with that understanding, then moved into uh, a partnership with Oak Ridge. I actually, Oak Ridge National Testing Laboratory in 2002, I got the federal grant for what we call today the net zero home. We didn't call it that then. We were just doing research and development on the concept. And so that's a little quick thumbnail of my background. So we cover all those things on the show. And at Drop Your Energy Bill, that's our show, Drop Your Energy Bill, they can go to the website and hear all of our archive shows that are over there. And they can email anytime for information, info at Drop Your Energy Bill. All right. So Rodney, is if I remember of the shows that – uh, I had listened to uh, at the other station, and I had you and uh, your compatriot on uh, several times. One of the mm-hmm. biggest mistakes people make is even uh, is one either having a, a a unit that's not big enough to cool the house, or number two, a unit that is much too large for the house. You can you can screw up on either end. Is that not correct? Oh, absolutely. And this is one of the great reasons we recommend, and I want to mention our sponsor of the show, Rude Heating and Cooling. Rude Heating and Cooling, 
understands they've been in this business. They're, it's a fourth-generation family, phenomenal people who nail it. They get it exactly right because what happens is, Dave, your typical contractor who knows nothing about building energy efficient because over the years, my 40-plus year career, I've asked thousands of them, bought way too many steak dinners for them, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. uh, Yeah. And so uh, I said, well, you build energy efficient houses? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never met one that didn't, by the way. But I said, "Uh, well, what about the utility bills? Do you have some of those from, give me two, three, four, five years of history on that? Why why would you want that? So what happens is... (laughs) Yeah, what happens is with the HVAC side, you see the architects, they don't spec HVAC. The building contractor has nothing to do with HVAC, so you take a set of plans, you hand it to your, quote, trusted builder, he goes out, he builds the new home. Then it's an afterthought to, well, oh, by the way, we need our heating and air guy in here. We need to get somebody in here to put in some heating and air. So here's the the home. So the heat and air guy shows up and says, well, yeah, this is the way we always do them. We did the last 10 for him this way. We're doing yours this way, too. And so they don't want a phone call in the middle of the night in the summer as it's getting ready to heat up here, right? So they always put in more than you need. Well, when you put in more than you need, obviously it means you have higher energy costs. But then the unit doesn't run long enough to dehumidify on the cooling side, and as a result, the comfort level's not what it should be. Obviously, the energy costs are much greater. The equipment cost was greater initially, on and on and on. And so when you undersize a unit to save a dollar on the front end, now the unit runs all the time and you're not comfortable. So the key is... Being comfortable, that's what everybody wants to pay for. Right. The sad part is, Dave, over 90% of the people that pay for comfort don't get it. And I guarantee you of our listeners that out in the audience, they've got at least one room in their home officer building that's always super hot or always super cold. Duck work, as they call it, is not really duck work. It doesn't work. It's not true insulation. Back to your original point, they undersize the return register. 90% of the time, the little filter is that you change or clean or never change or never clean. Right. <laughs> Which is another reason you have high utility costs and low comfort. You need to clean those filters, folks. Clean that filter, vacuum it off, or change it. But vacuuming it's fine. Just clean it so the air can move through it. And that's another topic I want to touch on in a minute. But when people understand what a heating cooling system's for, and realize, well, common sense here. You know, everything I teach is common sense. It, it really is. But people don't stop. Common sense is uncommon. You teach that on your show, have for years. I have. I mean, people don't think, do they? Nope, they don't. <laughs> I mean, if they just get back to some common, basic sense, the whole country, the whole world will be a better place. And when it comes to energy, I mean, this is a big deal nowadays, getting bigger and bigger all the time. And imagine, just imagine, if when we talk about being comfortable, it's going to be 90 degrees there in Little Rock today and and getting warmer and the humidity building in. Imagine if you didn't have electricity for five days. Ouch. What would, 
Yeah. Well, what would that be like? Not fun. Your your stuff in your refrigerator freezer's gone. You're sweating. I mean, you got all this stuff going on because we take energy for granted. So if we use less energy, not only do we put more money in our pocket, but we're more comfortable too. So undersizing a unit. Go ahead. Yeah. No, undersizing a unit, oversizing a unit, just like you mentioned. For years, we've taught the same thing. But for years, uh, nothing really changes. People don't do anything different because, well, they have to think. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what, Rodney. I I won't say what kind of brand of of, uh, air conditioner heating system that I have. But I've been real happy with it in that uh, it does keep the house uh, comfortable and the temperature may be higher than what a lot of people think. A lot of people like set their, you know, air conditioner at 70, 73 degrees. I set mine at 76, 77, but my right. air conditioner keeps the humidity down and thus right. the house stays cooler and more comfortable. Yeah, and that's a smart thing to do. That's an, a really good point because if you'll bump your stat up like that, the unit will run a bit longer and dehumidify better. You see, people don't think about heating and cooling systems for what they really are. They're just a refrigerator. And if you think about your energy envelope, well, set something open in your refrigerator or put a nice pie or cake in there. Don't cover it or wrap it. And a few days later, it, you open the door and it looks like, well, what was that? Yeah. Because it's dehumidified. It's taken the moisture out of it. Yeah, all of that's it. What, yeah, that's what a refrigerator does is dehumidify. Our, our heating cooling systems, our cooling systems are the same as a refrigerator. And if we could just look at our envelope our energy envelope and create more you see your refrigerator has foam insulation it has all kinds of seals on it it's really tight so if it's not you open the door and you find there's moisture and humidity in there because it can't do its job so that design that refrigerator was engineered had the proper size heating cooling Okay, we'll just call it cooling in a refrigerator, obviously no heating. And the only thing, the little trick that they learned years ago was to just put a reversing valve on the refrigerator compressor, and voila, it makes heat. Yeah. (laughs) So that's all it is. It's that simple. But that's too common for people to grab. You know, it's got to get complicated, Dave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rodney Leatherman is our guest. we got to get a break in, final break for the day, Rodney. When we come back... I want you to talk about that, uh, what, 15 maybe $20 filter and how important it is to your heating and air conditioning system. Don't forget about Rodney's show. comes up here at 101.1 FM at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You don't want to miss it right here on The Answer. So let's get back with Rodney Leatherman here on the Dave Ellswick Show and let him tell you how to reduce your energy bill None of us, I don't know about everybody else, but I kind of open up my energy bill with, you know, trepidation. I slowly open it up and wonder what I'm going to be greeted with. I've been happy this summer because it's been lower than normal. But, Rodney, you were saying in the first segment that we were talking that your filter plays a huge part in this. Now, 
Should you go for the electrostatic filters that could be $50, $60, maybe even more? Or is the old standby paper folded filter just as good? Oh, absolutely. The least expensive filter does the same thing. All you're doing is filtering lint, and that lint or things, the dust in the air, that is what stops the air movement through it. That's one of the things that I discovered that really started to make the wheels turn when I realized that you could take an eighth of an inch of lint on a filter Your heating cooling filter, by the way, keeping it clean can save you up to 10% on your total heating and cooling cost, which is 70% of your bill. See, your your heating cooling system will use about 70% of your total bill, so just round number, $100 bill, 70 bucks of that's to heat and cool. So if you'll keep that filter clean, save you about $7 a month. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a hundred bucks a year, and that is a lot of money to me. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, people people talk to me like a hundred dollars ain't a big deal. I beg to differ. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it. <laughs> you know, it all adds up. It, well, I asked my wife. I said, if it's a hundred dollar bill laying on the sidewalk, would you pick it up or just keep going? Uh, there you go. That brings it. Hey, if it's a penny, I pick it. <laughs> absolutely heads or tails right that's right don't matter to me it goes in my jar when i get home they add up over time it really does and the thing is dave that people they again take energy for granted when you talk about the envelope when you talk about insulation when you talk about the u18 glass package those things don't really ever cost you money. There is a small upfront cost for them relative to the return on investment. But today, with banks paying zero interest or close to it, why would you not want to make one-time static improvements to save energy that will pay you forever? Huh. That They'll makes pay sense. you forever, these energy efficiency improvements. Geothermal, which is something that the folks at Rude do a phenomenal job with, is a there, – there's no comparison when it comes to heating and cooling, putting in geothermal. There are some advances that have been made in it to lower the cost of it. There's a 30% federal tax credit associated with it. We also, on the show, Dave, drop your energy bill, get into solar. We get into – the whole gambit. And for solar, a lot of people think, oh, I'd love to have solar. Well, eh, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, because if you get the other things done that you need to do anyway to drop your energy bill, i.e. your demand, now you don't need as much energy, so will solar pencil out? So we get into that whole thing with customers and clients, and we do info at Drop Your Energy Bill. Everything we do there on the website is free. There's all kinds of postings. There's podcasts I do. Uh, by the way, that was a phenomenal promo that I heard while we are on break about the Christian schools offering that amazing discount. Yes. And I do work with churches, schools, and other entities to help them drop their energy bill because (laughs) that's a big part of their overheads. And so most of the time, people take the idea or the mindset, well, I got to pay it. I just pay it. I got to. How much is your energy? I don't know. I just pay it. (laughs) Well, think about the budget. I mean, for most businesses after employees, energy is the biggest overhead. 
For households, the average 1,700-square-foot home in America, their bill's $350 a month. That's wow. over four th- Yeah, over $4,000 a year on a 1,750-square-foot house. So think about, and, and with our .70 club formula that I developed, you can sign up for that over at the website. That simply means you take your square footage times 0.70. That's where you need to be with your utility bill. So a 2,000-square-foot house, you should be at about 140 bucks a month. And then you can start working down what I call to net zero ready because that 50, that 2,000-square-foot that House has the ability to have a utility bill somewhere around fifty to seventy-five dollars a month. Just yeah, just making these static improvements. Now they qualify, by the way, for lower interest rates on home equity and mortgages when they make these energy efficiency improvements under some of the tax changes. Building a new home, same thing. And obviously, if you go to sell your home. And you're getting apples for apples comps in the area, and you've got a hundred dollar utility bill. I mean, these are questions people ask today. Well, how much are the energy bills on this house? And it's four hundred and fifty a month, and it's basically same square footage, nice neighborhood comp. You know, uh, which one you're going to buy? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just you know I know the whole thing, and and that you're talking about solar, and I'm glad you're doing that because. The people who are doing solar have got a full court press going on right now here mm-hmm. in our area. I mean, they're inundating yep. people with stuff about solar, but they don't get into the negatives of solar. I mean, it may it may um, have some kinds of uh, uh, impact on your roof and things of that nature that you're not even aware of. You need to be aware of solar before you, you jump in with both feet, and Rodney can bring you up to date on all of that. Rodney, I'm going to let you go. We're out of time, and we'll uh, continue to have you on from time to time and let you give some good information to my listeners. Always a pleasure. Hopefully next time uh, you're on, we can get you here in the studio. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Rodney Leatherman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You can hear him every Saturday at 1 o'clock right here at 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Well, tomorrow, it's a Friday. And Fridays mean typically we have, you know, fun. Well, Matt Smith will join us at 6 a.m. He'll be with us on the first hour. Then Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett. Our two legal beagles will uh, join us and we'll uh, talk about legal issues uh, that we're seeing happen uh, in the news. We can talk about Atlanta and about uh, the police officer and about the D.A. Uh, were those really the the types of charges that should have went against this police officer or did he, you know, stoke them up because he's in a really closely contested re-election bid we'll talk about that uh we'll also talk about uh, the supreme court rulings that we've had this week and then in the final half hour we're going to have a guest from the rnc you know the president is having a big uh, rally in tulsa uh, on saturday did you hear how many people want to come did you hear the tickets over a million over one million and tickets. that arena only seats like nineteen thousand people i know it's uh 
So I'm going to be talking to them and see what uh, what they're going to do about that. I mean, we're already look. I've I've been talking to people about Jacksonville, and that's a smaller arena as well. And for the president's acceptance speech, I know they have broached the subject of using the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, facility, outdoor facility for the acceptance speech because they think there's going to be so many people there. So much, so so be the people who say nobody's interested in voting for Trump this year. So anyway. Uh, we're going to get somebody to come on and talk about uh, the uh, the rally tomorrow. It's funny that they, they uh, on CNN and MSNBC, they're all screaming about, they're going to get COVID-19. And they don't say anything about getting COVID-19, 10, 20,000 people out protesting. That doesn't get mentioned. It's interesting. I'll see you tomorrow in the morning, 6 a.m., Dave Ellswick Show.